wisdom correlates into wealth for me. When you take in the right information, you build the foundations, wealth comes easy. Money was always easy, but until you teach somebody how to be themselves and how to know themselves, they stumble over, over minimum wage and they can't understand why they can't grow where they're at because they don't truly know themselves and they don't really have a desire, they have a wish or they have a dream. This is The Playbook. Welcome to Playbook here at the Blue Wire Studios in the lobby of the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas. And have I got a treat for you, Garrett Mandingo, the CEO of Third Eye Society. And we're going to start there. Welcome to the playbook, Garrett. Thank you. Thank you. I got to say, I've been Mandingo since I was a kid. It's actually pronounced Mandigo. Mandigo. You're the first person, just so you know, I got to stop here because I'm not going to edit this out. (laughs) I hate when people get on here and I mispronounce their name. Or when I, in the in the worst story that I have is one of my really good friends from elementary school yeah. is a guy named Eric Karras. Played first base for the Dodgers. He still, I think, is the home run leader for the Dodgers. And all through college at UCLA, all through his minor league career, the announcers of baseball in the Olympics, right? Wow. They called him the wrong name. And I used to like, dude, tell him what your name is. Yeah. No, no, it's cool. And then finally, you know, Vince Scully, yeah. his first, you know, debut with the Los Angeles Dodgers, he's like, uh, Mr. Scully, I just would like, you know, just you to know that my name's Karis, not Kairos. Uh, and so, very good. Wild. Mandigo, Garrett Mandigo, thank you for telling me. And the next person that calls me David Metzler, I'm going to stop you as well. <laughs> so, anyway, the Third Eye is an NFT project. Yes. And the Third Eye Society yes. has intrigued me because yes. I live uh with the intuition utilizing my third eye absolutely we all do and exactly and some of us know it and some of us don't and i can see how it's applicable to nfts in the metaverse yes and it sometimes gets really scary if you have that enlightenment or awareness of wait a second you know there's a lot more to what i'm doing on this earth absolutely than i perceive absolutely how did you come upon this new philosophy or perspective of having a third eye well i've been on personal development journey for years i love to read and i love to grow so that's kind of where the the process started for me but i'm blessed to have a beautiful girlfriend lauren who is an angel and she really brought out the spiritual aspects of me um, and really helped me learn about myself and just about existence as a whole and that the combination of us together is really what brought the third eye as as the as the tag that we carry because I'm about knowledge and wisdom. She's about love and spirituality. And so together, we've really been able to build a solid base to help grow people, help people develop the best versions of themselves. That's awesome. My wife is the angel of my life in the same exact yeah. uh, aspect and in, in wisdom that she has to complement what I have in reason. They're a blessing, logic. right? They, they make life worth living. Yeah, you uh, are a little bit younger when you found that out than I did <laughs> about mine. And now, you know, you not only had this transformation uh, spiritually, mm-hmm. But you also, it looks like through reading, uh, had a physical transformation. Yes, you're absolutely. You're a bodybuilder. You've lost weight yes. since you were in high school. You haven't always looked like this amazing man, <laughs> uh, physical specimen that Thank you are. That. How has what you've read right. changed your actual embodiment? Well, I would say it's actually a little bit the opposite. Um, when I graduated high school, I was 17 years old, five foot six, 265 pounds. I was a bowling ball. That's what all my friends called me. But uh, I got my heart broken by the first girlfriend I ever had right after high school. And that was the thing that kickstarted me. But bodybuilding taught me a work ethic and a commitment to effort over time that could, can't be taught in a lot of places. You know, it's, it's a long-term goal. It's not something I can get to overnight. And 
more importantly, it's not something that anybody else can do for me. Nobody can eat the right calories or cut the right amount. So it's all, all falls on me. And when you learn to take that ownership of a task, of a goal, and then you accomplish it, then you realize, wow, there's really not much I can't do. Because losing weight specifically is a very difficult task for most people because it requires you to do things that make you uncomfortable, go to places like a gym that make a lot of people uncomfortable, wear tight clothes and do things. So it's very much so stepping outside of your comfort zone and, and getting yourself there and growing through it. It really is what developed my mindset as a whole, you know, and, and that getting into shape process and bodybuilding brought me into the gym, uh, gym management. So that's really where I learned sales and marketing on a higher level. And so those two things just tied in for me as, as I grew up as in business and in life, you know, effort creates result, period. And that's what bodybuilding taught me. So now, you know, I, I read to learn, to put in the effort mentally the same way I go to the gym twice a day because got to put it in on both sides. And that discipline of consistent behavior is one that I'm on a mission to tell people. I call it coherence, right? If I can get you to remember to do something every day and actually do it, yeah. and there's two steps in that. Yeah. A lot of times we want to do something and we just forget. Yep. Uh, one of my favorite videos is the guy that first started doing one second a day. They captured one second of video a day and for five years. And yeah. you know, it was a cool video. Great transformation. But, yeah, yeah. My favorite was day 37. Because this was his life's mission, right? This video for five years. That's a, yeah. a That's dedication, a right? Yeah. Someone that can think long, yeah. uh, like it takes to, to be a bodybuilder and to be healthy, by the way, because yeah. you know most people quit because they see no results. Yeah. But you're Absolutely. getting the results. They're just incremental and they're compounding and That's, aggregating on them. And that's what people forget is that you are getting results daily. And it's the same thing in business and in personal development. It's, it's a daily step forward. And, and I tell the members of my team on a daily basis to not focus on 10 steps ahead, but focus on one and two steps ahead. Because so many people in fitness and in business stumble on looking ahead of what, where they're currently at, right? If I'm 17 and I'm saying, man, I want to lose 100 pounds, I want to have abs, I don't get to that goal for a long time. So if I make that the only way that I win, then I start losing. And that's where people fall off track mentally and it's easy to fall out, you know? We would sell in the gym, we would sell hundreds of gym memberships a month because just as many people are falling off at the same time because they lose that momentum that they had when they first came in and they're excited and they want to go do it. And then a week later, their kid has a PTA meeting and they can't make it and then three days go and it falls off because they were focused on the long-term goal and not really the daily changes in your life. And like, that's really, that's what it's all about. It's so interesting because in that video, day 37 says, oops, I forgot, mm. right? And then it continues on. But even more importantly, I use a pond analogy for what you know now, the wisdom that you've gained through the readings that you've done in the practices that not only you and your girlfriend practice, but what you empower others to do. You know, I would tell someone, look, let me just tell you, let's say it takes 20 months to get to where you want to be. And this practice of, you know, eating right, working out, stretching, whatever it is that, that we want, the yeah. objective that we have over these 20 months. Uh, it's not going to be until month 18 that you're even going to see a result yeah. that even is resembling where you want to be. And that's where so people, true. in my opinion, have problems. Because when I explain this in the pond analogy and saying, it's like we have a pond and it's going to take, I, I'm telling you right now, 20 months for it to fill up right. with, you know, let's say this uh, lily. Right. And, but I promise you, the lilies are going to double every month. And so month 10 comes and you think you're supposed to have a halfway full pond. Yeah. But it's not because it's doubling. Right. 
right? So it takes till month 18. And in month 18, you have a 25% fill pond of lilies. Now at month 18, even though I told you it'll take 20 months, most people would quit on me because they would say, I'm never going to get there, David. It's taken me 18 months to get to 20. I said, no, but it's doubling. Yeah. I don't see it. Yeah. But month 19, it gets to 50%. Yeah. Then in month 20, it gets to 100. Then it gets, you need two ponds yeah. and then four ponds. And, and then, then pretty soon you look like you look from <laughs> being the bowling ball that you are yeah. instead of a chiseled you know, statue of David or whatever <laughs> you are. Um, I'll take that one. How do we help people? with the pond analogy. How do we help people think long? Yeah. Because positive behaviors aggregate that way, but yeah. so do negative. The only difference is when you have negative ones, you don't expect it to be hurting you in the same way yeah. that you expect positive ones to give you instant results. And I think the huge thing is surrounding yourself with the right people. Oh, nice. And because that, that's one of the, I told you my background is in gym sales, and one of the biggest issues that people face is that they don't have enough people around them saying, hey, you're doing a good job. Hey, you look great, right? And you say you talk about 18 months, and if let's say you're going to lose 100 pounds, you start losing 10 pounds, and everybody in your life says, "Wow, you look great! Like, what, what are you doing?" You, but you look in the mirror every day, and you're like, "I see no difference, right?" And you can lose 20 and 30 pounds, you're like, "I still this, and I still got this and that." And you put in all this effort. Yep. And then you're like, oh, "Man, it's, what is it even worth it? Let's eat a pizza tonight. Let's not go to the gym this weekend." Then that compounds. It, it compounds the same way negatively that it does positively, just like you said. Right. So you have to be intentional to keep the momentum, and I think. Outside of other people reminding you, I think reminding yourself and finding the small wins is the most important thing. Um, you know, because just like I said, if your goal is 100 pounds and you lose 10, you're on the way there. But does that mean that you've lost? You know, because it's the, jer the journey to get there is what's important. And so you have to set the small incremental goals. And, and that's where I grew up in business, too, because my goal is always make so much money and always do all these things. But you have to take the steps there, slow and steady. So that's the reason why I love to get people on fitness first. People come to me to grow. They're like, ah, oh, man, teach me, lead me, mentor me. I'm just a good talker. And I got blessed from, from above to, to be able to speak well. Never did I really try hard or learn. But, like, people love to listen to me talk. And they hate when I first thing I tell them is, where do you go to the gym? What do you do to make yourself better? What are you doing to make yourself better before I can help you make you better? You know, and that's where people that's where people fall and people fall down uh, if they're not willing to do so, whether it's addictive behavior uh, that they're trying to stop. Mm -hmm. If they're not willing or want to do it, then yeah. it doesn't matter how great of a communicator you are, motivator and desire is everything. Absolutely. And I've that that statement right there is so crucial because whether it's it's any task, any goal, if you don't have a true desire for it, there's no point in trying it because you won't get there. People ask me all the time, you know, we're blessed to have. Billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, entertainers, the biggest in the world on this show. Mm -hmm. And they asked me, what's the common denominator that you see between, you know, being the modern day Napoleon Hill with your show? And it's what I see <laughs> I in you, it. right? I see in you. You have a desire that you must be what you can be. I love that. And without that desire, it makes it really difficult. Now, let's move to a little bit of the NFT space because I read something on your website. Right, we are the wisest apes in the meta. Yeah. We come seeking to enlighten all those of the future of NFTs, VR, and the metaverse. Right. What does that mean to you? So again, you know, with the third eye being about wisdom, and, and part of wisdom for me it correlates into wealth. Okay, sorry, we'll, we'll lean back. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but wisdom correlates into wealth for me, you know? So when you, when you take in the right information, you build the foundations, wealth comes easy. You know, I, I always tell everybody, we make money easily. My nickname is G-Money, right? Since I was I a love kid, that. I've been G-Money. Mine's D-Money. There you go. You got the whole album, <laughs> There we go. And then they call it. me Money Money. Yeah? <laughs> well, I love it. I, before I ever had any money, I was G-Money. And that's what made it real for me, you know? And so money was always easy, but until you teach somebody how to be themselves and how to know themselves, the, they stumble over, over minimum wage and they can't understand why they can't grow where they're at because they don't truly know themselves and they don't really have a desire. They have a wish or they have a dream, but there's a huge difference in desire. I love that you mentioned Napoleon Hill. I read almost every book that I could get my hands on last year by Napoleon Hill, um, like six or seven different ones, you know, yeah. and because I, everybody starts with think and grow rich, but some of that deeper level inf information is stuff you can't get, you know, and being able to teach other people that that's where we become, you know, the wisest, right. And the, the wealthy follows think and grow rich. The same thing. You mentioned something about thinking rich, and I'm mourning today because Bob Proctor, my mentor, probably someone that you've studied as well, passed uh, last night at 11:15 p.m. and uh, he's, he's had such an impact on me as you are having on other people as well. As part of my mission to empower over a billion people to be happy, is to find a thousand people like you, Garrett, that I know can empower others. Awesome. Um, but you know, to that end, it, it doesn't work. Um, of just reading about it and you know you i think there's five levels of intention you know bob he took me to the fourth level because I, I always knew i could do it i was a pit bull like you right i, I could outwork you i'm yeah. doing it then i learned it's not just doing david you got to say it you got to speak it out mm. joel osteen you know yes. speak it to the universe and then bob proctor was think and believe napoleon hill mm -hmm. think and believe and, and bob really brought that home for me so yes. do say, think, and believe. When I read your stuff, right, when, when I'm watching and doing research on you, mm -hmm. there's that fifth dimension of intention, of feeling. Yeah. Like, there's some people that, you, if you wanna get it faster, you gotta feel it's already happened, mm -hmm. that you are already happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. What are you doing to interfere with it? And if you feel it, money will not lead you, your objectives will not lead you, yeah. but they will follow you. Absolutely. How does feeling work within the context of what you teach people? I think it's, so I'm, I'm a doer at my core, just like you said. You know, I, I've, you give me a list, it'll get done in, in 20 minutes. So I had to learn how to feel, to be honest. You know, I've always been very passionate, very ADHD, so very high speed and very into everything I'm doing, but learning to slow down and feel. Because I've made a lot of money for years, but it didn't feel good, mm -hmm. you know? And if Me it doesn't too. feel good, then you're not in alignment and, and it's not worth it. It's not working for your long term. So, you know, learning to listen to myself, you know, intuition that you mentioned earlier, but then also, again, having the blessing of Lauren because being a, a A-type dominant guy in the gym, pumping testosterone all the time, sometimes it's hard to, hard to focus on feelings. You know? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes people around me will tell you that sometimes I suck at them, right? Because you have to really be intentional. But by learning to, to listen to your feelings and others, you learn to find alignment, discernment. You know, I feel a certain way about something. I can tell it's right or wrong without having to overthink. And I think the overthinking versus feeling is what creates so many stumbling blocks for most people. Last but not least, you know, when you are in the gym twice a day, mm -hmm. when you have such physical attributes, uh, ego plays an important role. Yes. And it'll never go away. And I spend a lot of my time trying to identify yes. my ego and then you know, instead of resist it and fight it, which is my natural right. uh, 
you know, energetic and genetic inheritance. My natural reaction to ego is to fight it, go over it, under it. Like you, I'm born with the gift of sales. So it also means oversell it, back end sell it, lie, manipulate, and cheat it. Yeah. Um, what do you do when you identify that ego, that, that natural state of, of what I can tell is part yeah. of your being? It is part of my being. And, and when I was young, it was a, a negative part of my being. Me too. Especially losing weight and becoming a, a, a pretty boy, as everyone <laughs> would tell you. Right. It creates that ego that's hard to avoid, especially when, you know, being a young man where girls blow you off and then I'm in my hometown, those same girls come back and want to hang out now. Bag you. All of a sudden, it's yeah. like, oh, I'm the man, right? But I also learned a lot about how to channel your ego to, to, to your advantage, right? So, and that's another thing that I, I strive to give people is I don't consider myself to be egotistical, but I'm sure there's many people that say that I'm, I'm cocky or whatever, because that level of self-confidence, belief that you said a second ago and knowing, it's, I know myself. And I know not only what I'm doing now, but what I'm doing next, right? And when you know yourself that way, some people get scared of that. And so it's learning first off that the word ego is not bad. And no matter what everyone tells you, it's definitely a valid tool in success. If you don't believe in yourself and have that level of confidence, it's very difficult. But it's also having the level of realism and accountability around you to know that it can get out of control and it can get out of control fast. For guys like us, it's easy when you have success after success and everybody's telling you how great you are. And, you know, my girlfriend yes, is the yes, most yes, beautiful yes. woman in right, every room right. I go into. And so, like, everywhere we go, it's like everybody loves us. And so I have to be very intentional to meditate and center myself and remind myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. Gratitude is a huge thing. You mentioned that earlier. Every day, the first thing I do when I wake up is look off our balcony in Miami and just look at the sky, the beautiful sunrise, and, and give gratitude, you know, because it's... Only, it's common denominator, dominator, ah, only common denominator of happiness, no matter how rich or poor, how sick or well, or how tall or skinny or how fat or, or ripped you are, gratitude. It's the only, yeah. de, only common denominator, yep. and you're full of it. Yep. When you give gratitude for what you already have, it opens the door for the universe to give you more things to be grateful for. Simple as that. Yeah, we live and, in a value-add universe, not a zero-sum game. And that's what, that's what counteracted the ego issue for me, is that it's not all me, right? It's speaking into existence, and there's some universe or God or whatever you call them on the other side giving back to me. And so when you accept that and you learn, you know, it's not all me, as great as I might be, I'm, that's why I always defer. Whenever I start talking, sometimes I just get on that soapbox. I'm sure you know it just flows, and you're like, this isn't even me talking. I always try to defer that. Like, hey, man, somebody's talking through me, but this is great. Listen. Because it's not about me. It's about, it's about what we're accomplishing, what we're doing with raising the vibration of the earth and helping people grow and change into the best versions of themselves. What he just described there is the spirit of excellence. When people tell you it comes through me, not for me or to me, but through me for others, mm -hmm. that's a key indication that you're in the flow, that you do understand you have an ego, but utilizing it to not allow it to edge goodness out of your life, to realize the ego can cause us to have a need to be right or offended or separate or inferior or superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, even resentful. But the ego can uh, protect us in some ways and allow us to transcend the flow of something bigger than us that loves us more than our own mom loves us. What That's a pleasure a it's been yes. to have you here it's on The Playbook, great. Garrett. Thank you so much for joining me. I enjoyed it so much. Teaching Thank everyone you. to utilize their third eye, one of the best attributes of Garrett. I didn't, and I won't let it pass me by. He's an avid reader, and I love people that have deemed success from other people's ideas and utilize them in today's world at a different frequency. Third Eye Society. Yes. Check out the NFT project. Check yes. him out as well. He's all over the place. Yes. Third Eye Apes. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you doing so many more spectacular things.